welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the only podcast offering unfiltered guidance and direct advice for all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. I am your host, Frank LaRosa. We are back here in our studio. Uh, so for those of you that are not uh, watching us, they should be should be watching us on YouTube. Uh, you'll be able to see what our studio looks like. Pretty cool. We're here. We're here all the time. Or we should be here more. But uh, today I'm joined by Elite Consulting Partners, new director of business development, Tom Powers. Tom, welcome to the show. Welcome to the firm. Uh, Tom and I have known each other for a little while. That's some of his former broker dealer that he worked with. Um, and we're today we're gonna, we're going to talk about an interesting topic. And it's a topic, um, as you like to put it, like independence versus independent, right? It took me a little while to understand that. Maybe it was because it was first thing in the morning. I was a little, haven't, I'm only <laughs> on two T's, so haven't had my third T yet to process that. But before we get into independence versus independent, and what does that mean for advisors that are looking to transition out of a W-2 structure, right? doesn't matter whether it's wirehouse or what, whatever. Um, Give the audience um, an introduction to who Tom Powers is and why should they why should they be listening to the things that you have to say? Uh, first of all, thanks so much and couldn't be more excited to be here. Um, in the 30 years in the business, um, starting off as an advisor, I've been blessed to really have every seat on the bus and every geography and every distribution channel. And what's that really afforded me is to have a lot of conversations with a lot of advisors, um, both with the firm externally uh, in a myriad of different channels. Um, and those experiences have fostered a conversation around this topic of independent versus independence. And it was relevant 30 years ago, and it's even germane today. And I'd argue even more important uh, in when we go through that discovery of boy, if I'm really at a branch type W2 environment, I'm thinking about leaving, what does that look like? And how should I think through that paradigm and in which lens in which I should see the world? Interesting. So, um, so I'm a W2 advisor, I'm a million dollar producer, um, you know, doesn't matter what firm. And I'm thinking about this whole move to independence, breakaway. Um, what are the things that I should be thinking about? And what's the difference between being independent and having independence? Yeah, boy, I wish we had more than two hours in this podcast, but the that's a, such an exciting topic. And it's it's the discovery process, right? I think it's bifurcated in the sense of when folks think of a word or nomenclature like independent, what does that mean? What does that really mean for somebody? Is that a type of structure? Is that a type of environment? Is that a feeling? Is that a control? Um, and I really love doing that deep dive discovery with that advisor and take him through from independent to independence. And the deeper we go into what they're really looking for, what answers their why, what's congruent with their values and beliefs, and how can we align that? What I find is the propensity for them to move from independent to independence materially increases that this might not have been what they really wanted, but this is. And that can start at the first level of, okay, is that first jump to that soft landing of a, a support independence branch model? Or is it an independent broker dealer? Or maybe the next iteration is hybrid. And then we get to RA, and I think that's the second conversation that repeats itself. Right. So if I'm hearing you correctly, you know, an advisor that wants to join, they, and we we have these conversations all the time. Someone says, well, I want to go independent. And you ask them, well, what does that mean to you? Right. Because there's being a, you're running your own shop, being having your own office, brick and mortar, having your own staff, making all the decisions for you uh, and on, on behalf of the firm, not for, not for you, but for your mm -hmm. firm. 
and you're affiliated with a broker dealer or you're affiliated with an RIA, maybe you're not an IAR, you're, you're affiliated with an I, well, I guess if you were affiliated with an RIA, you would be an IAR. Mm -hmm. We'll get into that because people get that mixed up all the time. They say, well, I'm an RIA. We're like, no, you're not. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're not a corporate entity. <laughs> yep. You know, you're an IAR at an RIA. Um, but so being independent, being independent, a lot of people think that that's what they have to do. But the reality is some people want to feel like they're independent. Mm -hmm. They want to have control of their messaging, the control of their brand, control of, you know, also control of how they make investment decisions. But mm -hmm. I think for the most part, you know, most, most firms, let advisors have that control. Um, but where some, where some advisors feel like they get stuck or they're trapped and you might be one of these advisors right now thinking about that is I can't run my own office. I can't, uh, I don't know how to lead staff. I don't want to have to make the decisions on, um, on all the expenses and manage the PL. Mm -hmm. So screw it. I'll just stay at Morgan Stanley or Merrill Lynch or whatever. It doesn't matter what firm, W2 firm. And that's actually not the final decision because having a level of independence and being independent can mean affiliating with a broker dealer that has a location, you drop into it, um, you're running your own practice, you're, you're part of an ensemble team where uh, maybe there's four or five other advisors in the office, you're not sharing practices, right? You're not merging businesses, um, but you're getting all the support that you want from the organization and you're still independent. Is that what you're really talking about? That level of like, hey, I want a brick and mortar, I don't want a brick and mortar, um, I wanna work from home, um, or, you know, that's the broker dealer side and you get into the RIA space mm -hmm. um, and it's just all different ways to affiliate. Maybe you want to be a W-2 advisor. You still like to be W-2. Maybe, honestly, if you're not that large of a producer, maybe sometimes it doesn't even pay to be 1099 right. if you don't have the write-offs and and to make the math work between the different uh, tax, you know, tax brackets. And it's just simpler to, easier to, just be W-2, have the firm take care of the taxes and don't have to worry about your quarterlies and all that other good stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but I guess what you're saying is, even if in that case, you can be W-2 and still be in an independent environment. With some of the firms that you worked with, like what other options or what other channels have you seen uh, with some of the other firms that you worked with in the past uh, that aside from a straight 1099 or W-2, when you talk about hybrid, like what is that? What is that? How does that work to the audience that because I we talk to advisors and they say, well, I want to want to be hybrid. And you ask them, well, what does that mean to you? Right. Right. And they don't quite know. They just heard it. And it sounds sort of cool. Uh, they think. Yes. Um, but in your mind, when you look at hybrid firms, what does that look like to you? And in, in your experience, because you worked at some at a, at a firm Well, you worked at an organization uh, that had a hybrid model. Mm -hmm. um, and I ran one myself. Right. Exactly. So. <laughs> How do they operate? What does that look like? And if you're if, if you're a financial advisor, what does it look like to you? And what does it mean to be hybrid? Uh, great insights, by the way, and uh, hit the cover off the ball. Um, and I th and I think if you start at that first level, it's pretty easy to start talking to advisor around the basics, right? What product set do you need? Uh, what fintech stack? How do you do your social media and marketing? And I and I think those questions get answered fairly quickly, and we can start to think of the box. But I think the really value add that we do at least here at elite is taking it to that next level of that independence maybe it's the feeler control uh maybe it's the incongruency with the culture of the organization and i think that's where you start to develop the nuances to now what you're talking about is okay let's define where to land 
specifically in the hybrid space, I feel like there's lexicons and everyone has a different definition of what those words are. But from a traditional sense, um, it's a good place a lot of times for soft landing for those, let's just call it W2 employee type large branch distribution centers where they're ready to make the leap, but they're not. Maybe they still have 12v1 fee revenue or some insurance business. Um, and it's too much to change it all at once where you can find firms where either together or bifurcated is the RIA, the registered investment advisor and the broker dealer. So for the first time ever, they'll probably be detethered. And it can be a little clunky because you might have different platforms and systems to aggregate and, and the client experience might change. So, but the idea is you're gonna keep your securities licenses. You're going to have an advisory business in the RIA space, either as an RIA or an IR, there's many ways to nuance that. You're still gonna keep your securities licenses because you need them either for legacy business or to transact some things that you can't just do on a custodian. Potentially stay there forever or then to migrate into that RIA space. And then it really starts again, independent or independence in the RIA space. As much as that conversation is dissimilar, it's very similar to that first discovery and that first leap because it's the same nuances in that space. It's not all the same. It's right. not all cut out of the same mold. And it's literally the same conversation of where to where to fit the first time on the jump because of the same nuances and availabilities in that space. And it really boils down to our job and ability to really understand, ask the right questions, figure out what the future is for this organization, firm, ensemble practice, yeah. as you said, and really coach them through the best fit. Yeah, we actually have a, um, a client, I have, well, a friend of mine, a client who, um, who you've worked with in the past. They moved about five years ago or so. Uh, maybe going on six years at this by the end of the year. And the plan was they were going to move. They were already independent. Um, I'll, I'll call it independent light because they were at finance. So it's like you're independent, but not really. Maybe the one, one can argue that you're really not, but <laughs> you just tax differently. Right. Um, um, and he, and they, and the plan, oh, I should say the plan, but the conversation was about where do we want to be long-term and long-term they wanted to, at, at that point, they thought they wanted to have their own RIA, mm -hmm. right? But maybe they weren't ready for it at the time. Um, this is Brian. And so um, they weren't ready at the time. So our, so the strategy that we came up with is let's move you to a hybrid firm. We moved into uh, Triad Advisors. They had all their brokerage business, which wasn't, you know, wasn't a, it was, it was enough to be meaningful that they couldn't get rid of it and couldn't transition it over to advisory, you know, overnight. So they, you put all the brokerage business um, with Fidelity. And then the plan was to have all their advisory business with Schwab because they knew if they wanted to down the road, they could uh, break break away from Triad on the, as, as part of their corporate RIA, right? Build out their own RIA, but still use Triad for middle and back office support. Um, that was the plan. And I, I'm happy to actually say that um, starting in January, they're actually going through this process right now. That was they did a conversion from TD to Schwab, mm -hmm. um, which went really well, he said. And, you know, nothing, nothing's perfect, but I think for the most part, it went well. Um, but they actually are going to be lifting out in it's public knowledge and everybody knows. So mm -hmm. it's not like a secret, but they're lifting out um, in January to their own RIA. So now they're going to because they wanted more independence. Mm -hmm. Right. And freedom than triad. And it wasn't that their triad was doing anything wrong. They just outgrew the firm. Right. Because mm -hmm. when you're in a when you're on somebody when you're on somebody's corporate RIA, you sort of have to follow their rules. Right. Whether you like them or don't mm -hmm. like them, whatever it is. Right. And the bigger the 
the bigger the corporate RIA is, probably the more rules they're going to have. It's hard to facilitate one set of rules for everybody. Yeah, yeah. right. And so there, are, this is the next evolution of their of their of their business, and I'm really happy that I was able to help them with that and just come up with the right strategy because they are now moving further down the path mm-hmm. to uh, complete and total independence. I'm not I'm sure. I don't know what they're going to do with their brokerage business yet, but that's neither here nor there. But the point is, is like there's these evolutions of independence. How much do you want to do now? For them, they already had their they already had their at the very beginning when we first started engaging with them they already had their own office they already had mm-hmm. their own building they already had their own staff uh so but the conversation was very much the same like you're talking about where do you want to be like where do you where are you trying to end up so if you're an advisor and you're at a wirehouse firm you you need to be thinking about not like i want to get out of here where should i go you know that's the that's going to be the easiest quickest way for me to get out of here it's really about where do you want to end end your career mm-hmm. what's your long term plan that's what you have to think about because you want to go to a firm that you're not going to outgrow and i see too many advisors doing that they go to these firms um you know because they it's a small firm okay there's there's some great things about small firms but some of the not great things about small firms, especially if you're a large practice, is they might not have they might not have the staff and the team and the technology or the, right. or the money to invest in capital to support your level of practice. Scale matters. <laughs> yeah, so scale matters, right? Mm-hmm. And and look, there are some great small broker dealers out there. We work with many of them, and there are a lot of positives to those firms. You know, but they're they're pitched to them. It's sort of like when I was a new advisor, right? When I was a brand new advisor, I was 23, 24 years old, right? So. I had to turn my my age right into a positive. Right. So the positive was Mrs. Jones. You know, I'm I'm newer in the business, but I'm I've learned from the experienced guys. I don't have all those clients. I'm gonna service. I'm gonna really service you really well. Like I'm gonna be here for you all the time because you know I don't have some million dollar book of business like yep. these other guys. So I had to spin it, and it was a good spin. And I was do and I did it well as an advisor. Uh, it's the same thing with these small broker dealers. Absolutely. Right? Well, they have to spin. Well, we're small. We're nimble. We're well, you're nimble. Yeah, you're nimble. But if you only if you don't have the money to, to invest in, in various technologies, what's the point of being nimble? Right. Right. If you can't move because you can't afford the new tech. Um, but so my point is, is like you have to just when you're thinking about making a move, and I think advisors tend to, well, if you're making a move in an environment where there's a lot of turmoil. Right. Maybe your firm just got it, you know, it just announced that your your firm's being bought out. And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're getting inundated with phone calls mm-hmm. and you have to make a de- you have to make a decision. Do I stay? Do I go? Sometimes you can make um not a wrong decision, right? But it's always good to explore your options. Absolutely. Um, you know, I won't say every year, but every once in a while, just like you do an annual review of your client's practice, mm-hmm. you know, your client's business. You should do an annual review of the broker dealer or the RIA that you're with. Are they giving you the things that you need to uh, satisfy your business needs, your clients' needs? And if they're not, then you then you know reach out to us, right? You you work with a consultant. I would say you need to work with a consultant. And now that you, it's interesting, and maybe we can talk talk a, a little bit about this. And we weren't planning on talking about it, but I would like to hear your perspective now that you're on the what I what I say the other side. Yep. <laughs> of the consultant table, right? Absolutely. Um, and what I mean by that to my audience is a third party recruiting a consulting firm, right? We have 
the privilege and the ability to work with a client and bring them to just about any firm that they want to go to. Uh, when you're working with a recruiter at a firm, and it might be a good firm, so this has nothing to do with whether the firm is good or not good, right? right. You're working with a recruiter at a firm, they can only talk to you about one firm. That is the firm that they work with, Correct. right? And they're going to tell you why their firm is the best thing since sliced bread, right? And and a bag of chips, as my friend Ron Salat used to say. Um, and being on our side of the table now, we, we get this the ability to really consult with our advisors and make sure that you're finding the right firm for what you're where you're really trying to go to because we're not beholden to any one firm or another, right? So from, from your perspective as a consultant, and you've and you've done some consulting work, right? Mm-hmm. As on your own, meaning as your own organization, but and you've been here now for a little while. What's been your um the, the glaring difference between when you were um, an intern, I'll just call it an internal, uh, sure. a corporate recruiter is probably the better way to put it, yep. uh, versus now being on this side of the table, essentially representing the financial advisor. Right. And that's the exciting part. And that's why you probably see a smile. Uh, that agnostic ability to really uh, not have to be prescriptive, uh, but dive deep and really understand them. And that alignment between I'm working for you. I'm seeking out the best interest for you. And hopefully I'm uncovering a lot of things that you haven't thought about just because we've done this a thousand times and seen it. So it's so much more fulfilling for me. It answers my why to be able to get folks to the right house. And what a perfect example before from independence, independence, the organization you were talking about, because they actually went for independence and now they have enough scale in the RA space to be independent. And it's it's fun to live through that whole iteration, that generation, uh, changing concepts that we can help folks to get ultimately, maybe not get to where they need to go today, but better position to facilitate them executing on, on their why and their goals, because ultimately their clients is what matters to them and our clients matter to us. And we're all successful if there's alignment and everybody's successful. So it's so much fun to put the advisor first as they put their clients first. Um, and really our job is just to help facilitate getting to where they need to go to better position them for success. And that doesn't necessarily mean financial. That could be personal, yeah. spiritual, any kind of development that they don't think they have alignment with their current organization or quite frankly, understand the landscape. We've thrown a lot of words around today that mean different things to different people. Sometimes they even mean different things within an organization. You know, But the reality is, I love being able to fight that fight for them. Go run your business. Just like you tell your business owners, you should be having a valuation every three years of your business. You should always have a succession, a plan B. You know, we're harping on the same thing for the folks that we're lucky enough to get to partner and work with. And it's just super fun. So what did you do? This is maybe a loaded question. I'm not really sure. But so when you were uh, when you were a corporate recruiter and you were working with uh, an advisor that you just really, you loved, you wanted to get into the firm, was there ever a time where you felt like, man, I would really love to get this this advisor to our just have this practice join our firm, but I just know in my in my gut, like we're not we're probably not the right fit for that for that advisor. And then what did you what did you do? Yeah, great question. I can reflect about twenty examples. Whether it was being a branch or complex manager, or having my own firm, or the running biz dev, um, I think you do what's right. Right? It's the same thing we say with clients. Because if you don't do what's right, the worst thing to do is to bring someone in an organization that it doesn't fit. I've been blessed. I was just talking with uh, another one of your leadership team about the second or third time they've been helped help, been able to help somebody move, for lack of a better word. I've done that too. So you can't move someone two or three times and work with them for your career if you're not open and honest. And even worse from a firm perspective, if you bring somebody in 
you'll get a couple testimonials if they're great. You'll get a hundred bad ones if it's not a good fit. Um, so whether you're working on a PL, working with finance or compliance or whatever the disconnect's gonna be from a product perspective or how they wanna market, if there isn't 100% alignment, I would tell all the organizations and the corporate recruiters walk away. It's not worth your bonus or whatever commission you're gonna make because at the end of the day, it's not right for them, it's not right for organization, it's not right for the client, which ultimately is who we're supposed to support and it will permeate the industry. Yeah. As we've all been around a long time, it's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. Uh, you sure as heck don't wanna make bad decisions and bad fits for short-term uh, results. Yeah, there. look, there. it is a small street and it keeps getting smaller as firms, bigger firms are, are gobbling up smaller firms. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of advisor movement. So there's plenty of advisors to go around in terms of your, your ability to compete. If you're an internal, if corporate recruiter, your ability to compete and bring advisors to your firm what you don't want to do is is be disingenuous, right? Great well, that's in line, but be disingenuous about whether or not that particular advisor is going to fit your firm. And then they go there because they're trusting you and things don't go the way that they want. And maybe they stay there, but they're not referring you business. So it's like the opportunity loss that you don't even realize. Correct. Because they're not referring you any more business. Um, and, and candidly, not that this is a plug for what we do for a living, but that's where we, we are, uh, we are the filter, right? We, mm -hmm. we filter that stuff out because we know, again, not that a firm is being disingenuous, but everyone's in sales, Correct. right? Everybody wants to win. This is a financial service business is largely known as a, I know this is going to come as a surprise, but a type A personality kind of business. I know that's a shocker to most <laughs> people. Um, and so people want to, people want to win. And, you know, it's our job to to sort of sift through some of the noise to say, listen, I think that it, that recruiter is really excited about you, but I don't think he's hearing what you're saying. And I'm concerned about this, this or that. I recently had an advisor, uh, a client of ours, large team, multi-million dollar team. And I have him talking to a couple of different firms and a friend of theirs moved from one firm to another firm, both independent. And um, to a firm that I did not recommend to this team at the beginning because I just sort of, I knew the team, you know, we get intimately involved, we know that know our clients. And I just knew that there were some things about that firm. It's a good firm, but not for this client. Right. Right. Yep. And there's a lot of reasons. Trust services, branding issues, those types of things that I knew were problematic, which is why they were leaving the current firm they're at. Right. And so, but they, so they called me over the weekend and they're like, Hey, Frank, um, our friend, blah, 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 just moved from this firm to that firm. And, um, you know, you know, he, he's glowing reviews and he's raving about it and all that other stuff. I'm like, well, of course they just gave him a lot of money to move. So of course he's going to be happy. He's looking at his checking account. It's in the honeymoon um, phase. <laughs> yeah. He's in the, right. Exactly. Again, I don't know that I didn't know that guy and, and it may be a great firm for him. Right. Uh, but for my client, I said, listen, happy to make, Happy to have that conversation. We'll go down that road. We'll have the conversation. I'm just not sure it's going to be where you're going to end up based on the things that you've told me. Right. Right. Again, it's not a bad firm. I I like the firm a lot, but it's our job. Like I like a lot of firms, right? There's a lot of good firms for, there's a lot of good, great advisors and a lot of great firms and they all match. And our job is to get the right ones to the right firms. In that case, it wasn't. The corporate recruiters, you know, they're just not seeing it that way, right? Right. They just, and so sometimes we have to be the, you know, we have to sort of bring the 
the bad message to them like hey listen they're gonna you know they're gonna go to the prom with somebody else and right. it's sort of hard to hear that but the reality is that's our job so anyway i think we sort of went off on a little bit of a of a tangent this is what you know when when, when tom and i get talking we can sort of go down so many different paths <laughs> uh, about stuff but i think the message here the message that tom is really trying to get across is um you know, when you say you want to go independent, make sure you understand what that means to you, mm-hmm. right? Because there is a difference within the independent spectrum. Um, and there is a place for everybody. Um, it doesn't, and if you're at a wire house, and I and I keep saying wire, but W-2 structure, it, I'm not picking on wire houses, but in W-2 structure, and you stay there because you feel like you don't have any options in a more independent environment, Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you do have options. So don't think that you don't. Um, we talked about a lot of different things here. So you probably have to rewind it and go take some uh, Tom drop some big fancy words at the beginning of the conversation. <laughs> so um, I had to take it down a little bit from from my from I've my run mind. out. So <laughs> <laughs> you checked them all off. Um, but listen, Tom has been has been great. Um, he's again, he's had a lot of experience. He's come from a, a great background. A little bit of everything in terms of the W two world, the independent space, the hybrid hybrid space, the consulting space, the RIA world. So he's done a lot of stuff. He's got a lot of knowledge. That's why I'm thrilled to have him here as our director of uh, business development and really help help our team help financial advisors. Um, we're we're continuing to expand our our RIA platform um, and servicing those advisors, which has been tremendous. Um, he's continuing to help us expand our our uh, fractional CMO services, which is becoming a huge thing. Um, again, talking about independence, mm-hmm. being independent, the ability to brand yourself and um, the way you want, it sounds great and it's an awesome idea, but if you don't know how to do it, um, yes. it's a futile effort. <laughs> um, and so what we're finding is um, we're, we're attracting a lot of independent advisors, RIAs, even asset managers that are coming to us and using our fractional CMO services, uh, which is tremendous. So if you have any interest in that, just reach out to us. But anyway, Tom, thank you very much uh, for being part of this show. Um, it's good to be back here in our studio. We're going to be doing this more, uh, which has been great. And um, I look forward to having you back on with more topics. Wonderful. Thank awesome. you so much. Thanks, everybody. And don't forget to like and subscribe. If you're listening to this on our podcast, you should go to our YouTube channel. You'll be able to see what these two uh, good-looking gentlemen look like, <laughs> um, both wearing our nice blue shirts. Uh, so uh, we're fortunate to have this here. And I appreciate the audience. I appreciate everything that you all do, the great comments, the feedback that we get. Um, it's why we do what we do. Um, if this can help one person, then, then we've done our job. So thank you very much, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts.